You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. All right, so I want to start this week with this this quote. It's uh, from Maya Angelou, and I love this this quote from Maya Angelou. She said, Love recognizes no barriers. It jumps hurdles, leaps fences, penetrates walls to arrive at its destination full of hope. I love, love, love that quote. And it's it's a quote about love, right? And and we have a lot of quotes we could say about love, a lot of a lot of pop culture references in our culture about love. I mean, if, if love is all you need, right? We we know that <laughs> love is all you need. But if if love is really all you need, this begs the question: What is love? Now, <laughs> you can answer that question. Love is a many splendored thing. Love is real. Real is love. You may even answer it, love is a battlefield. Or maybe like this band from the 80s, that Jay Giles band that sang love stinks. <laughs> but we know that the, I will always love you, my endless love. Now we, we know a lot of these things about love. And, and today is with that thought in mind, we're wrapping up our series, God Dreams. God dreams of you living fully the life he intended for you. God dreams you find a life of purpose. And we're looking at the life of John the Baptist in, in, in this uh, story here. And uh, it's a life that God dreams for us of passion, of purpose, and, and yes, a life of love. And as we look at this, we compare the typical faith of today's Christianity with that of John the Baptist, we, we realize... Many Christians have been set free from sin and selfishness, addiction, depression, but we've allowed ourselves in many cases to be entrapped by a domesticated religion instead of really living the vibrant, crazy faith that that God dreams for us. The life that God has dreams for us is a life of this vibrant faith. And so we're in Matthew chapter 11 again this week to wrap up our series. And, uh, and, and in this context, um, we're going to read part of what we read last week and go through verse 15. So it'll be Matthew 11, 7 through 15. So here's, here's what's happening. John the Baptist is in prison. He sends his disciples to go ask Jesus if he's the one they're waiting for. He's like, are you the Messiah? And Jesus answers them. He sends them away and basically answers them saying, yes. His, his answer is yes, I'm the Messiah. But it may not look like like what you expect. I may it may, I may not fit into the box you've created for what the Messiah would be like. Then Jesus reveals the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God in the context of who John was. So this is where we're at. Matthew 11 beginning of verse 7. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began talking to the crowds about him to the crowds. What kind of man did you go see into in the wilderness? Was he a weak reed swayed by every breath of wind? Or were you expecting to see a man dressed in expensive clothes? No, people with expensive clothes live in palaces. Were you looking for a prophet? Yes, and he is more than a prophet. John is the man to whom the scriptures refer when they say, Look, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare the way before you. I tell you the truth, of all who ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist. Yet, even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is. And from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and violent people are attacking it. For before John came, all the prophets and the law of Moses looked forward to this present time. And if you are willing to accept what I say, he is Elijah, the one the prophet said would come. And anyone who 
anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. So we want to listen and understand. God, help us to listen and understand to your word to, uh, to us and for us today. Amen. Here's the big idea for our time together. When you allow Jesus to set you free, he will unleash a revolution of love through you. When you allow Jesus to set you free, he will unleash a revolution of love through you. This is an untamable love, an untamable love. Recently, I was sitting down at the coffee shop, and there was a young couple, and and I was and I had a friend sitting there with me, and my friend has was kind of going through some stuff, and we were talking, and but this young couple were just they were they were just you know intensely in love, you know they were engaged in this lovey dovey hand holding, having their coffee, looking into each other's eyes, and and I'm having this friend this conversation with my friend, and he is really like. You know they'll they'll grow out of that. They'll 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 get you know time over time. Give it some time. There you know that's the way we all are at the beginning. And there was this very cynical conversation about this. When did we get so cynical? I mean, just give it time. Give it time for the newness to wear off. Really, really, we have to. We have the, the newness. The joy of the newness, newness has to wear off. What about it? What about an untamable love? Verse twelve, it's our key verse for today. Is admittedly, it's a difficult passage. Jesus said, from the time of John baptizing and preaching until the moment that Jesus Himself is being revealed as Messiah, that the kingdom of heaven is has been forcibly advancing. That actually sounds kind of harsh, doesn't it? Forcibly advancing. That just just reading some different English translations, uh, we find that the same verse can be uh, translated as the kingdom of of heaven suffers violence the phrase suffers violence or force of forcefully advancing and, and and this was originally written in greek in the original greek if there's this one word for forcibly or forcefully advancing or suffers violence and this one word is biadzo and biadzo means to force into or to be seized by to be seized by. And it's it's not so much to be violently attacked or to force God onto others. It's about being seized by a love that is untamable. It's about expanding the kingdom of that love. To be born again is to become a citizen of the kingdom of God. We talk about being born again, right? This is what it means. To become a citizen in the kingdom of God. His kingdom of love. Yes, but, but the world seems to be at war with this kingdom. I mean, it really does. That's why following Christ often seems countercultural, is because the world is at war with the kingdom of God's love. It's actually more subtle than it sounds, though, because what we're talking what we're talking about here is the kingdom of self, defined by the material. And Jesus insists that we are called to be warriors of light in a dark place, and our weapons are not of this world. So what does the warfare of Jesus look like? What does it look like? I mean, I have a friend who who uses the phrase, um, and I saw him recently, and when we finished our conversation, he said, hey, Steve, keep fighting the good fight. And I said, yeah, you too, man, keep fighting the good fight. And then I thought, what does that even mean? Fight the good fight. Keep fighting the good fight. Well, it means this. It, it, this is what the warfare of Jesus looks like. It looks, you fight the good fight. We fight, first of all, loneliness with fellowship. Loneliness with fellowship. This is why we use these, this term, these terms, you belong here. Awaken church. Listen to me. You belong here. You fight loneliness with fellowship. We fight depression with joy. 
This is what we, this is why we say, "Come as you are." We're we are truly glad to see you. We are truly thankful for you. We truly we we want you to know we have a we 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 are so this thankful to be able to be together, whether it's in person or virtually. So we fight depression with joy. Thirdly, we fight apathy with unity. This is why we say welcome home. That has been not a catchphrase. It's not something we just picked up because other churches say it. We mean it. We belong here. You belong here. There's a unity that that, that fights the apathy that, that's prevalent in so many of our lives. And, and number four, we, we fight selfishness with serving. We fight selfishness with serving. We want to bless one another. We live to bless one another. Not to not to be blessed. We understand that we are blessed and we're blessed to be a blessing and bless others. We fight selfishness with serving. This is what it means to force be forcibly advancing in the kingdom of God. We fight this kind of way. Now, when we pay attention to Jesus in the Bible, we find the hostility of God turns toward empty religion. A weak, weak faith, and his mercy turns toward the outcast and the downcast. Maybe, maybe this is the most revolutionary thing that Jesus did. He became a friend of sinners. So, to follow Jesus, to be a, the, the Jesus tribe, is to, to, to be entrusted to the gospel. And the gospel is not a message of condemnation, but good news from God to all of humanity. So Jesus went to the cross because of his love. His love is untamable. To know the untamable love of Christ is to know that love and sacrifice cannot be separated. Love always moves you to sacrifice. Now, being the hands and feet of Christ means that we risk our hands and feet getting messy. But, but if we are to be like Jesus, if we are to be seized by this untamable love, then we will risk getting messy for that love. Jesus invites us to follow him with reckless abandon. This, and this love that he's calling us into, that he dreams of us living out, this love is, a, is, is an unforgettable fire. If this love burns within you. This is why I don't know how in the world we come to this conclusion that somehow the, the newness of it wears off because it's a fire and it's an unforgettable fire. I have an unforgettable fire in my, my life. And, and uh, when I was in middle school, um, we had neighbors. We lived kind of in the, in the country. You might say in the sticks where you're at. We kind of lived in the sticks. And uh, we, had, we, had, uh, we didn't have any like next-door neighbors or any, anything like that. But we did have kind of across the road and through this this uh kind of land there was our closest neighbor and um, their house was kind of up on a hill and stuff but there was a wooded area really between our house and their house so you couldn't really see each other's house um but one night we were we were we were awakened in the middle of the night by my dad's dogs my dad had a bunch of dogs and they were just barking like crazy and they woke up the, they woke up mom and dad and they woke up the household and we like, what is going on and there was a fire it turns out there somebody had been driven down the highway there and tossed a cigarette out, a cigarette butt, and it caught grass fire, and the grass fire began to spread. And luckily, it wasn't a forest fire, but a grass fire burning everything on the ground beneath all these trees. But it could easily become a forest fire quickly. And my dad got up, and he went to go 
check. He hopped in his truck and he drove around and drove up the driveway and is at their door knocking on the door. And we're in junior high. My brother and I, we're all looking out the windows and we see this, this, this glow. We can see the fire, the flame burning. And it's like, it looks like the whole world is on fire because of this, 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 uh, underbrush fires growing all around. And my dad said, he's knocking on their door. They apparently were still asleep that <laughs> they weren't awakened. And he's at their door, stepping out the, you know, stepping out the flames of the, of the closest fire <laughs> to their to their door and of course they get out and they manage to get the fire out they don't they don't their house doesn't burn or anything but it's just this crazy moment and i will never forget that fire have you ever seen a wildfire it, it goes where it wants to go and it consumes everything that's what the love of christ is in us that's the, that's what god dreams for us is to have a love within us that goes where he wants it to go and consumes everything when I think of the kingdom of heaven forcefully advancing, I think of a wildfire moving forward, expanding, consuming everything in its path. God's kingdom of love burns in our hearts through every area of our lives, transforming us and transforming everything and everyone we come in contact with. The kingdom of God is an unforgettable fire, and we, we don't describe it that way too often, do we, though? As we, uh, we talk about being on fire for God. We hear that. From time to time, we'll say that. But, but are we really? Why do so many kids who are raised in, in Christian homes and raised going to church and why you know why do they have a disdain for church? There's a lot of reasons, but but one big one I believe it's nothing less than boredom. We raise our kids in this domesticated version of faith and wonder why they ever run the other way to find adventure. I want my kids to know that the adventure of living for Jesus and living with Jesus. I want my kids and yours to experience the unforgettable fire that consumes who we are and becomes the abundant life that Jesus offers within us and through us. If, if my kids are going to walk away from Jesus, I want them to understand that to walk away from Jesus is to walk away from a life of adventure and to choose an existence that is ordinary, mundane, boring. To me, in my experience, the love of Jesus is an unforgettable fire, and it is anything but mundane and boring. Which, see, I, I want my kids and yours to know that, that Jesus wants to live them with an unleashed faith and, and live out the God dreams that he has for them. Which brings us back to the realization that, that so many of us are not living out the God dreams for our lives, but simply existing. And in this existence, we default into pouring water on the fire of others instead of fanning the flame. Without a fire of your own, you don't appreciate or acknowledge the fire in others. It's a tragedy to see a brand new on-fire father of Christ soon conform to the status quo. But the next generation doesn't seem to be okay with being conformed to the status quo. If there is no fire, no passion, no adventure, no true faith, and a great big God, no fellowship, no joy, no unity, no serving, in short, if there is no Jesus, they will go somewhere else where there is. A couple of weeks ago, I asked, what would our lives look like if we lived by this motto, forward? And for many, the response is, is, wow, really different. If I live by the motto, forward, it would look really different. What if we could answer that question with, what would my life look like if the motto was forward? It would look no different than it does right now. If you're tired, bored, or just going through the motions, if you're thinking, well, what can I do about it? 
Listen to this, Philippians 1.6, from the message paraphrase. There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. No doubt. You can't, make, you can't manufacture the unforgettable fire, but you can sure pray for it. And I'm sure that he who began this good work in you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day Jesus returns. So what we have here, we have a mission. And this is an undeniable mission. Undeniable mission. And we're, on the, we're in this together. We're, we're, we, last week we talked about we are the Jesus tribe. We, like we are together in this. And, and we, there is a unity in understanding this. And, and, I, and I think of how groups of animals are, 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 are uh, kind of depicted in our culture and the names they've been given. Like, like did you know a group of alligators? And this is, you know, here in Louisiana, we, we are familiar with alligators. A group of alligators is actually called a congregation. <laughs> a congregation of alligators. You know, a, 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 a group of sharks is called a shiver of sharks. And I think sharks are beautiful, elegant animals. Maybe one of my favorite animals that God has created. A group of animals is called, a group of sharks is called a shiver of sharks. And I'm thinking, yeah, if I see, if I'm in the water and I see a group of sharks, I'm going to shiver. I'm going to be freaking out. A group of tigers is called an ambush of tigers. That ought to freak you out right there. An ambush of tigers. A group of jellyfish is called a smack of jellyfish. It just sounds good. And here's the one that sticks out to me is the rhino. A group of rhinos is called a crash, a crash of rhinos. The rhinoceros is an animal that can run up to 30 miles an hour. But the rhino can only see 15 feet in front of itself. The division of the rhino, it's 15 feet. And for a big animal like a rhinoceros who who can run 30 miles an hour, whatever's beyond 15 feet in front of them, they don't care. They're just going to run it over. And so a group of rhinos, obviously, crash makes sense. But it's interesting that whether that group is moving or standing still, it's still called a crash of rhinos. And it's called a crash of rhinos when they're standing still because of the potential. (laughs) When they move forward. Isn't it time we move forward together? As God's people. God is calling not just awakened church to move forward, but the church. He's calling us to, to, to be about this, this dream he has. God's dream for, for us is not just for this one little congregation, this little church plant in Natchitoches, Louisiana. It's for the church. And we're calling the church to pay attention. It's time for us to move forward together, not, not to... to start some political movement not to uh, beat down people but to live out the unforgettable fire the love of Christ it's a revolution of love is what this is we aren't removed from the world when we accept Christ but it's in this same world where we once we were once at home we're now strangers First Peter 2.11 says, Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. See, that's the mission. No matter what, what everyone else is doing, no matter what political correctness says, no matter what your political leanings say, no matter how, how you're perceived in the media, live as God dreams. A life of unmatchable love and unforgettable fire that those far from God would come to glorify Him. This is the mission of Jesus for His followers, and it's undeniable. 
Jesus doesn't invite you into a relationship with him and then says, Okay, I'm glad you're here. Have a seat. Get comfortable. Jesus says, Matthew 28, 19, Go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. See, following Jesus is about his kingdom advancing in you and through you. It's not about your comfort. Comfort is actually the enemy of advancing the kingdom of love. And the way we overcome this enemy of our, of our mission is to move together. We move together. We can get out of our comfort zones when we move together. Erwin McManus, in his book, The Barbarian Way, put it this way. Although the, the force of one person fully committed to God is tremendous, it pales in comparison to the force of God's people moving together. Our greatness is unleashed in the context of community. When we move together, God is most perfectly revealed in us. Ben, I highly recommend you read that book. We need to stop being afraid of what we can't see and don't know. We need to move forward full force. On the path that Christ calls us to. This, this, is, this is a revolution of love. And if you allow Jesus to set you free, he will unleash the God dreams within you. And he will unleash a revolution of love through you. So what's your next step? What is your next step? I would say, let's, let's pray the, a prayer very similar to what we prayed last week. Pray, God, give me the eyes, eyes that are wide open to see your dreams for me. And the faith to trust you for what I cannot see. Step out in this revolution of love and pray, God, give me, the, give me eyes that are spiritual eyes that are wide open to see your dreams for me and the faith to trust you for what I cannot see. Lord, that's our prayer. We pray that now. I pray that now, Lord, over myself, over my family, over awakened church, over your church, Lord, that you would awaken us with eyes wide open to see your dreams, the God dreams that you have for us and the faith to trust you for what we cannot see. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AwakenChurchLA.